Ha, ah, dude, I'm an idiot. I just realized I muted my 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 audio, and they can't hear the music if I'm muted. Oh god! What an what an idiot. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna try this one more time. It's been a, it's been a little while since we went live. All right, one more time. <laughs> AMG Radio. This is Randy, and I'm here tonight with Daniel. How is it going, Daniel? Pretty good. And you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Trying to get back into the flow of the live show. Obviously, if if people are watching the video, they they heard they heard the little bit of mess. But I'll be able to clean it all up for the uh, podcast version. So that's all good. I believe we're on episode 28. Um, at the beginning of the year, I had made a New Year's resolution to not miss any episodes and do two a month, and I broke that within three or four episodes, so, whoops. Oh, well, I mean, it was, uh, I think you said it was technical issues, right? Or Yeah, I was having, a, no, yeah, I was having a lot of trouble with, uh, with the whole setup here, and then trying to record to the computer, and... And all that, my mic, the mic I was using went to crap on me. So I don't know how it sounds. I probably got it rigged up kind of weird now, but I got a portable recorder that right now I'm just using as a microphone. That that in itself simplified things. And then for shows that won't be live, um, it's definitely simplified things because I'm not going to rely on the computer recording audio anymore. Uh, it'll be recorded externally, which is a lot more... Uh, trustworthy because I've lost shows while recording on the computer, but pretty, pretty sweet. Oh, Oh, the computer. I was just researching it, um, looking to do some upgrades a few days ago and it is, I haven't had it the full time, but this model's been out at least five years. Mm. I've had it for maybe three so it's it's getting older, man. It's getting older. Uh, I had my well, I've only had laptops for the last couple of years. I had a Toshiba satellite for I had it for like a year and a half, and then the hard drive pretty much started to go. So I got a new computer. Um, I have an HP Pavilion. It's actually pretty nice. And then I had Windows 8 on it. Like every time I use Windows 8, it was you know I use it on a friend's computer, but this is 8.1. It has the Start, but I have another one called the Classic uh, Start Shell. So it's based. So as long as you're in desktop mode, it's basically Windows Seven, really. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like I was telling you before, I hadn't really heard good things. So I, I got a copy of Windows Eight, um, and I was thinking about installing it, and then people told me kind of to shy away from it. So I haven't messed with it, but so I'm still rocking Windows Seven. But I might have to give it a try sometime. Maybe I'll find somebody who's got it on their computer, and I'll screw around with it to see how see how it is. But 
But yeah, I mean, if 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 the main setup, like the like you said, you have it in desktop mode or whatever, or classic. Uh, the classic shell. It's like the the start menu. Yeah, I like that. It just seemed like everything looked more tucked away uh, in their other Windows Metro-looking setup they had before. Visually, it's a little bit different, though. Like, you know, like Windows 7, everything was, like, kind of um, transparent. Well, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's opaque, basically, like the... And it looks very... What it? it looks kind of blocky, I guess you could say. Like, it's blocky, a lot, a lot of, of straight lines. It's all, um... Like, instead of, like, there's no curve really to it. So it's just like... Actually, I'll send you a screenshot. Let me see. Okay. Yeah, do it. I was kind of going into Windows 8 thinking, oh, it's not going to be that great. Honestly, it's really not bad. It's really not. Yeah, let me open up Reaper. You said Reaper? Yeah. What did you think I said? No, no, yeah, that's... Oh. that's well, I know what it sounds like, but no, that's what I thought you said. I never, I've, I still, I've never used Reaper for any any music mixing or anything. Well, it's um, it's my, it's the one, it's the program that I use the most. So music wise, I haven't really been doing too much lately. I did a little bit of a mixed a couple tracks for Audio Snuff, uh, the project with Drazen, and sent it over to him. Uh, it seems like he's been pretty busy, but that kind of seems like um. Everybody in the group's kind of been busy, if not with music, with their their real lives. So, uh, it's slowed down a little bit. I'm kind of thinking about throwing out another uh, compilation album idea just into the group, just to kind of stir things up, kick up the activity a little bit in the group. Plus, yeah, the sorry. compilation albums are awesome. Yeah, they, they really are. Having a deadline, they kind of, you know, when you have that time limit, then all of a sudden it's like, you get into that zone where, like, you just have to write something. That's a big problem for me, I think, with working on pretty much anything, but specifically music anymore, is I think I need a deadline for things. I think I need, um... Oh, hold on, I'm looking at your picture. Oh, I see what you're saying with the blockiness. Yeah, it's kind of like... I've been searching around, um... I was setting up a a new web page for this this other podcast I started. And so I every time I do something like that, I kind of search around, like, web design trends and stuff like that. And kind of the Windows 8 uh, flat, very flat uh, UI look with the blocky buttons and stuff is very fashionable right now. But, yeah, that's totally the look it's got. I can particularly tell up where the little X, where you'd normally, where you'd X out the program it's like not rounded or anything. It's just totally no outline. It's just a a red block with an X in it. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you see it in a lot of. And it's not just Windows. It's a lot of programs. Like remember the old Chrome logo? It was all three D. Now it's more flat. It's kind of interesting, just design trends to watch design trends go by. And before I started messing around with a uh, a bunch of blogs and stuff like that. It's not really anything I, I paid attention to. I mean, obviously, if you're on the Internet a lot, you kind of notice, you know, certain trends. But, like, when you're really paying attention, it's kind of like one thing catches on and then everyone adopts it, which is which is interesting. But it's just kind of... Uh, the Internet and software and computers have fashion just like people go through hairstyle trends. It's, it's kind of interesting. 
But then it makes you think, like, how are things going to look in the future, or how will we look at what at what we're doing right now in the future? Like, I remember, like, if you ever look at things from, like, 2003, like, you know, 10 years ago, 2003 doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like that long ago, really. Yet, everything looks all, it's like, man, everything looks just different. Oh, yeah. No, I think, I do think about that because, uh, I think about, um, how old websites used to look and like, like, yeah, 2003 and then even push it back, um, when I was still in school and the internet was like, I mean, it had been going for a while, but it was really spreading out and kind of evolving, um, just to think about the way websites used to look and work before is, it's kind of mind blowing to me, but yeah, so there you go. Web design, web design trends. Yeah. I'm not complaining though. I kind of like the flat look and I think looking back now, it'll just feel retro. It'll just feel retro. I don't think the websites look bad. I don't think, I don't think if you, I could be wrong, but I don't think if you look back at the websites now, I don't think they'll look as, uh, as aged as if you jump back 10 years from now. Oh yeah, live shows, live shows. Everyone gets to see all the awkwardness. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's all right. That's all right. I'm I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure we get far more listens on the podcast feed than we do YouTube video hits. But I don't think I don't think there's a lot of people that hit YouTube thinking I'm going to listen to an hour, hour and a half long podcast. I mean, it happens and there's a lot out there, but I just like, I like being able to do the live shows. Cause I know if somebody catches it live, they're more apt to sit through it as opposed to just like later when it's just a video. But, um, I like doing the live shows and even the non live shows I'll, upload to YouTube just as kind of another place to have it. So somebody can stumble across it there and discover us or just, you know, I don't know a million different ways to listen to it. I mean, a YouTube link is much easier. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to direct somebody to, to YouTube. Everyone knows YouTube than, than to say, here, go to this website, find this post. You can play it there or you can subscribe to it in media player, upload it to your MP3 player. And a lot of people even now still aren't that inclined to that. Like I still come across people who are younger than myself. So it's not necessarily even just an age thing, um, that don't know what podcasts are in kind of a related note. Um, this is just recent the other day it got approved, um, and put up there. You can get EMG radio on Stitcher now. Speaking of that's actually an app. Yeah. 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 That's a really good app. Yeah, if you, yeah, exactly. If you're if you're aware of podcasts and you use it, especially on on your phone, like Stitcher's like the easiest way to listen to podcasts on your phone. Um, so yeah, Stitcher. We're on Stitcher now. Um, I don't know the link that I can just tell you, but if you go to emgradio.com, there's a big Stitcher button on the side now. Just click that and. You can subscribe or just search it up through Stitcher. It should pop up. But yeah, we're on there now. I believe they just have the 10 most recent episodes. Um, it's just kind of the way they do things. But uh, yeah, so Stitcher. That's Stitcher really app. Cool. 
And I don't know why I hadn't done it before, but yeah. Did you have to so, like? Um, I'm sorry. Did you have to like um, pay anything, or like, do you just sign up, or? No, you just you yeah, on? you just you just sign up. Well, I had the app on my phone, so I already had an account set up, which is just you know the account you set up to listen to podcasts, and then through there, um, I did it on the desktop. You can, uh, yeah, you just submit your podcast and it, they go through some, it goes through some kind of approval proca- uh, uh, process. I don't know what it was. It took a few days. Wait, hold on. I have to go for a little bit. Sorry. No, that's fine. But I'll go ahead and continue talking to the uh, listeners. So then, yeah, like say you've got a podcast or something, you want to submit it to Stitcher, you just submit it, put your podcast feed in and whatever details, and then they review it. I would be kind of curious to see what the review actually like entails if somebody goes and actually listens to it or they just probably most likely they just double check the podcast feed to make sure yeah these are episodes coming through blah 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 and then i got an email confirmation saying that it was up and there's a link and all this other stuff and banners and all this good stuff stitcher and stitcher's becoming a name that's uh more recognizable anymore like, I hear it a lot of places. I think it's one of those names that's actually of a service that's actually catching people's ears, even if they don't know exactly what it is. But, you know, alternatively, we're also on iTunes. Um, in both cases, give us a review. It helps us out. Um, I'm not going to beg for reviews. You don't even have to give us a good review. If you think we suck, give us a shitty review. But uh, reviews are good. That kind of uh, gets us... More reviews equals more ex- exposure, which is good ultimately for the musicians that we play, which is what it's all about. Um, since Daniel's taking a break, um, and I don't want to ramble too, oh, too right long now. before. Oh, you're back. Yeah. I was just saying, uh, since this is about music, we should play a song. Do you want to lead off with one of the tracks? Uh, one of the tracks you you got for us, or should we start with something else? Your call. Uh, sure, I guess we could do one of mine. Um, how about the Which Tommy one would you prefer? Yeah, the Tommy Osanazaki? Yeah. Alright. Yeah, yeah, we can lead with that. Go ahead and give us a bit of an intro and information on this track, and then we'll kick it off when you say play that song. Alright. It is, um, it's actually the first song I've written in kind of a while, because uh, the last song I completed for the next album was like, back in November, and I've been too busy with my, with Auntie Atlantis, so that's the first song I wrote in a while, and it's, it's actually one of my favorites. I think it's probably one of the best songs on the album. Um, and it was partially influenced, actually, by a huge storm that came to Southern California, although it's kind of funny, though. The song title, I came up with it before the storm happened, so it was kind of like... It was during the storm that I actually started writing the song out more. Ah, but, um, serendipity. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 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 what else? Um, you brought the you brought the rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. It's also the first song that I actually completed on my brand new computer. And anything else about it? Yeah. Well. I guess I could probably say a little bit about the album as well, like, as a whole. Um, the album, by the way, it's called... Oh, by the way, I know. I remember the last couple of times you mentioned it, um, you have a trouble saying it. It's called Ajo Catastasis. 
Sorry for. <laughs> That's all right. Um, yeah, I'm never gonna get that title right, man. I have such a hard time with some some of the titles. Anyway, yeah. all right, but um, it's but yeah, the that one. It's just it's be the part of the reason also why it's taking me so long to write this song and all the other songs is because I'm going for a very very like I guess um for lack of a better word epic sound. It's um like I'm really working as hard as I can on this album to make it sound as good as possible. And that's why, you know, it's gonna take me a good a good amount of time to re- to actually release it. Because like, you know, Scarlet Ethereal, Beautiful Abyss, those only took me like a couple months each. But this one I've spent many months on. I mean, yeah, part of it's because I've been busy with other things, but I've also been like really, really working on this, so and I think I guess you could say it shows in the quality of it, the people I've shown it to seem to like it, and hopefully the people listening will like it as well. So, play that song.
That was After the Storm by Tommy Osonazaki from the album Apocatastasis. And, so um, you can get that at tommyelsanazaki.bandcamp.com soon? Hopefully, but... Um, oh, you said it was taking yeah. a while. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's going to take a while. But, um, yeah, it's going to be there, and it, and it will be on Nine Gates as well. Hopefully, hopefully, it should get a physical release. Oh, nice. That's what I'm hoping. What was it? Oh, yeah, the thing that I sent you? Um, yes. Yeah, all right. w- what's that about? Well, first, a little bit of um, a little bit of history since the last time that I was on. Um, I was in a band called Invoke the Wake before, but around mm-hmm. like September or so, that band pretty much uh, ended. And the the new guitarist that we had, he you know the the one I said he's the best guitarist in Paramount. Well, he became a father, so you know he had a lot of responsibilities, and we kind well we kind of stopped talking with him for a bit, but just recently, because uh, he has a new project called Eclipse of Apollo, and, um, you know, he wanted me and, uh, he wanted us, the three core members of Invoke the Wake, me, uh, Theodore, and Anthony to join. Well, Anthony, he's, he hasn't really wanted to join, but me and Theodore, we've joined that band. So it was his solo project, but now it's, um, it's, uh, well, more of a band. We're still looking for a drummer. But we have this one guy in mind at the moment. But, but yeah. Oh, but uh, between that though, us three members, we were we've we've been working on a lot of music, like even more than like the two years of Wolf Awake, because in that time we only had like five six songs. Now we have like I think nine. So like, and we're planning on releasing, on working on something for that, possibly releasing it, but. At the moment, with Eclipse of Apollo, we are... I think we're working on an EP right now. And we're writing music and all that, so... And then the thing that I sent you is that... The single that he released... He released a single just before we joined. It's called The Fall. And apparently, it's on the CW's Top 100 Songs on their Spotify playlist. Wait, do you know... uh, You have the CW, right? um, Yeah. Yeah, the the cha- yeah it used to be WB, the W channel. Oh yeah, yeah, quite a while back it used to be WB. Sure, I watch I watch uh I don't watch a lot of shows on there, but I watch Arrow. And actually, they've got this promo thing for the 100, and I don't know if that's going to be good or not. But the it kind of caught my eye, so I might check that shit out. Yeah, I think that's actually I think that's from what it or I think that's what it is is like, or I don't know if it's a top 100 song or oh it's a. I think it's the 100 playlist. So I think it's like a playlist of uh, those songs. I don't have Spotify, so I'm not entirely sure. So I'm guessing it might be yeah. less than 100 songs, so hopefully it'll get some good exposure. Yeah, you would think so. It kind of seems like, uh, and I'm only, uh, I'm looking at this Instagram link you sent me. Yeah, it kind of seems like kind of a top 100 type elimination playlist, and then obviously they've got it tied into the promo for the show, but Either way, that's awesome, and yeah, that is excellent exposure for for the band. Yeah, I mean, um, I've actually heard of things like that. Actually, um, getting people places like I think what's her name, Lord. I heard that some of the popularity actually came from um, uh, her song "Royals" being featured on this one famous guy's um, Spotify playlist. So, like from there, like you know, people started to take notice, and then 
I guess. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. we'll get something out of this. I mean, that that's an interesting point. Yeah, I don't have Spotify either, so I don't know exactly how that works. But I do see like celebrities and different people will like post their Spotify playlists, and then people will check it out. If you can manage to like get on one of those lists, yeah, that's like instant exposure to however many people. Of course, it depends on the celebrity and stuff, but you know, just stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's a an odd but but pretty cool way a potential way in to get your songs heard, you know? Yeah, I mean, this is, it's like, we've been talking, it's like, I mean, we need to, you know, work harder on our music, but hopefully this is something that can actually pay off, you know I mean? I'm, like, I go into music, and I don't really have the intention to make money off of it. In total, I've, from the last time you interviewed me, I still, the, the amount I've made still stands at $8. And I'm, and that's eight dollars I didn't have before, and I'm happy with that. Yeah, but yeah. If I can make a living off music, that would be like the ultimate dream. I don't even care if it's a lot of money, as long as it's an, like, even if it's not enough, like you know, something like say, I like I guess enough to support myself, you know, like that oh, would yeah, be for sure. Dream. Anything beyond that is, I wouldn't. Well, I guess excessive wouldn't be the right word, but. Like it's it's gravy. Yeah. It's extra. It's icing on it's the cake. Extra. Yeah, it's just extra. Yeah. And you know, and yeah, some and yeah, I obviously we've had you on before, and we've talked a lot about about your interests in music, what you'd like to get out of it. Um, and you do a lot of work and put out a lot of material, and you're not motivated by money, but it's also nice because it is kind of a tangible, physical. Um, confirmation, uh, uh, appreciation. It's just like, here's this. You know for a fact that somebody appreciates your music because they're giving you money that they had to earn. They're like, here you go. Your music's good. So that, that, that feels nice. Oh, it really does. I remember the first time I got paid for both, both times I got paid it was for Scarlet Ethereal. And it's like, especially considering how much I put into that specific album, that, really means a lot to me, you know. I mean, I and wasn't... you can hear it, too. You can hear the, the effort you put into that album. I was just remembering the days, actually, uh, when I made that album. It was... I remember, like, I wanted to make that album kind of, like, lighter, and it, at times it is, but it's like sometimes even that light ends up actually making it even more depressing. Like, Scarlet Ethereal, like, it's in a major key, and yet it's probably one of the saddest songs ever. That one and Concept Unity Part 2, it's in an, also in a major key, yet it's probably the, one of the saddest songs there as well. And I mean, well, that's... And I, I think... That's oh, I was just going to say, I think we discussed it. I think I, we dis, I think you and I discussed it, but this is also something I've discussed with, like, uh, Drazen and, and some other people is, you know, you can have this mu- music that can... That carries either a dark tone or this really heavy, melancholy emotion. But really then, to juxtapose it, you throw in some, some, a little bit of light and it kind of makes the melancholy just seem so much worse because, so much heavier because it's got that little glimpse of hope before, uh, amidst like, you know, like, <laughs> to boil it down, what I'm trying to say is it's the whole, the whole adage of, um, you gotta have some good 
to, to have some bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, who was it that said that? Wasn't it the painter, um, Bob Ross? I think he said that once before. Like, you gotta have the light yeah. in the dark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. One intensifies the other. Yeah, I think um, the saddest songs are usually the one like, because that's one of the things that they teach you in music theory is, like, to tell the difference between a major and a minor key. Major key sounds happy, minor key sounds sad. But sometimes it's not like that. Sometimes minor keys mm-hmm. sound happy, like... Um, well, I can't really think of any examples off the top of my head, but I do remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, major key can definitely sound sad. And when it does, I think it sounds yeah. even much more sad. I think... I don't know how long we've been going. I think... Uh, we should go ahead and play another song. Um, we might bounce over to someone else before getting to the uh, Anticantamentum that you brought tonight. Right. This one is uh, by Navic, who I played a song on um, uh, maybe the last episode or the episode before that. Uh, newer member to uh, EMG. Um, he does very dubstepy things, uh, which I personally like. Um, there's a lot of contention about the dubstep genre in general, but this guy does it very well. Um, if you're a fan, uh, you'll enjoy it. The song is called Beasting, which is, come on, the name says it all. Um, we're going to go ahead and play this. You can find more Navic at soundcloud.com slash the Navic, N-A-V-I-C, and this is Beasting.
That was Beasting by Navic. And once again, you can check out more Navic at uh, soundcloud.com slash the Navic. Um, that dude's got production skills. His tracks always sound really nice. And um, if you're into if you're into the dubstep genre at all, like you should be able to recognize that that's like that's good dubstep. There's a lot of you know there's a lot of there's a lot of dubstep out there, and it's not all good. And that is good professional sounding stuff. He's got the 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 bass synths sound awesome. The constructions. Uh, the song structure is good to the point, and I like it. I like his stuff a lot. Yeah, I really like it. Um, dubstep is, I mean, I probably mentioned before, it's not a genre that I, I don't hate it, but it's not a genre that I usually listen to, but, like, I do have, there are songs that I enjoy from it. Like, I do enjoy the stuff that you and Glass do. I mean, you guys do some really good stuff, and that was pretty good as well. Um, I find, um, I think... Dubstep suffered really bad from uh, an oversaturation, and specifically an oversaturation of two things. Um, in terms of what what a lot of the uh, mainstream for the lack general audience hears, oversaturation of Skrillex and then certain other dubstep songs that just got gr- dr- uh, drilled into the ground, and then on the flip side of that, an oversaturation of Everyone knows how to make this dubstep sound, so you're going to get a lot of lackluster dubstep to the point where it was kind of hard to find some good stuff. Well, now I found the oversaturation seems to be seems to be dying down a bit, and you're either going to be left with the good stuff, or it's just going to be hard to find more dubstep. And it, it seems to be dying down a little bit now, but yeah. Kind of the same thing happened with um, a subgenre of progressive metal called Gent. Like, I remember, like, 2011, like, everyone had a seven-string, and everyone had a superior drummer, and everyone had a project, everyone was releasing an EP, and now it's some, now the term sometimes gets laughed at, especially by the artists that are, like, the ones that make the music, but, yeah. Wait, I was gonna say... Kind of become a, a joke to them themselves, huh? Yeah. Oh, I forgot, I was gonna say something else. What was I gonna say? Um... Oh yeah, and then it's like, it's kind of interesting when you see um, places where people share music, how like, trends come and go. Like I remember when that Harlem Shake thing was popular for those two weeks, like for like, yeah. for like a couple weeks after, everyone was a trap artist, and then all of a sudden, nothing. Yep, that's true, it's true. Um, and and it, it goes back to trends, and internet trends, but like... Not just web design. The internet is, like, that's one thing. Um, how fast trends come, like, just come in and then fly out. It's it's pretty insane. It's like you said, like, for, like, two weeks, everyone was insane about it. And then, and then it's gone. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the internet for you. It, it is. Seriously, like, sometimes I just, like, I'm just, like, wow, like, it's just crazy how the internet can help things. It's like, I have a band with someone that I've never met, yet we've made some pretty good music, you know, with Drazen. Or he, when he did vocals on... Okay, and then, yeah, like, he did vocals on a song for Rounding Out the Mentum. He's done vocals for a couple of songs. Like, like I did a, 
a cover of a song called Death Knell by the band Ghost, and that's one of his. I think that's one of his favorite bands. I think he said, but yeah, like he was very willing to do that, and he did a really good job on that. And then the album for that, that the, the song was released, Withering Away, the album Zelstrom. It was mixed by another person that I had never met either. Yeah, he was very willing to work with me. That was autonomy. And yeah, I mean, still to this day, I'm just like, wow, like he was willing to, to not just the fact that he was willing to do it, but the fact that he did like an excellent, excellent job mixing that album. And the fact that he's just, like, he was like excited to do it too. Like he said that, you know, he missed nights. Of, he was up all night working on it. It's just insane, you know. I've never even met the man, and yet he was willing to do all that, you know. Yeah, just, no, man, it, and not for any money or anything like that. He just was excited about the project. Yeah, these people we've never met, and that's I. That is awesome, and that's definitely in terms of how having access to the internet affects me. Is that's one of the coolest elements of it is being able to not just network with 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 all of you guys in EMG but like actually collaborate and work on projects like you said you know you've got these guys laying down vocals and co- collaborating on tracks and mixing your album that you've never actually met and generally everyone's super excited to do that type of stuff it's very cool it's crazy it's awesome where is Autonomy? He's another one that must be super busy lately, because I haven't heard much of, much from him. Yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't really heard anything from him lately. Uh, the only thing, the last thing I remember was that some guy apparently re-uploaded one of his remixes without giving him credit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and we all, yeah, yeah. Did you did you check check out that yeah. dude's SoundCloud page? We yeah. all jumped on the comments, man. That's so shitty. Yeah, some guy on SoundCloud, I don't remember his remember his 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 title on there, but even if I did, I wouldn't give it out just because the dude doesn't need the dude doesn't need any extra promotion. Um downloaded ripped one of Autonomy's remixes that Autonomy had done and uploaded it to his own his own SoundCloud without any any credit. Um so he basically just comped it as his and blocked autonomy so autonomy couldn't even comment on it so we all jumped on the dude's page and and give him shit about it but that's so shitty man yeah i mean it's just and it's like yeah i mean and i think someone mentioned too the fact that because it's a remix it's not uh, an original song that it's like i guess there's not really much you can do about that like when it comes to yeah that recording yeah, that's the issue. It was a remix of um, of a popular artist's song. So, from a legal standpoint, he couldn't do anything because he <coughs> didn't have the legal right. Um, he just didn't have the legal right on his side to be like, this is mine, because it wasn't. It was something he remixed that was not his. But he did the work of the remix. Um, the original artist didn't come after him or anybody about it. It wasn't an issue like that. It was this other asshole who was like, you did this work? No, I'm going to take it as mine and put put it out there as his. Now, if it was like some asshole out there took a track, remixed it, and was like, this is, you know, so-and-so's track, and I did the remix of this, 
that's a whole different story. But it was this guy just told, straight took the track and was like, this is mine, I did this. And that's what's so shitty about it. Yeah. Uh, and then something else, I guess, kind of tangentially somewhat related to that. Uh, the One day I was actually alerted that, okay, there's a bunch of websites that have hosted my albums. And I uh-huh. don't actually have a problem with that because they actually gain me, because they, they always link me to my, I mean, they link to my uh, Facebook and Bandcamp. And I actually gain yeah. likes and I gain all that. So I actually kind of want to thank those people because they actually did, you know, gave me quite a bit of attention. But I did find a website, however, that was actually charging for my music. It wasn't very much. It was like cents, but it's like... Really? Like, yeah. That is... A, that, oh, dude, that is a whole nother kind of shitty. Because I'm assuming it's one of the albums you put out there for free... Or yeah. you're like, you can have this for free, or you can pay me whatever you feel, one of those type of deals. And yeah, I I, I think you've put links to um, like a website or a, a, a site that does a review or an article, and they always link to your band camp and stuff like that. And that's cool, man. That's like, that's free promotion. But super shitty to try to charge someone to download your music when they have no right to charge anyone for it. That's super shitty, man. I don't really know what I would do in that case. Like, is there anything that I can do? Like, who do I talk to or what? I don't know. Um, and obviously I'm not, like, an expert on these things. Um, I always try to, I always try to be somewhat knowledgeable, um, working with my own stuff. And then also, you know, like, I like to repost your guys' stuff like that with proper links and all that. So I always try to keep, uh, an eye on, generally what what the laws should be anyway um in that situation like i do believe i don't know um when you released it did you have it like officially copyrighted or did you release it under um like a creative commons license which is what i would assume yeah i didn't do any like official copyrights okay yeah so so most likely um it's like a creative commons um type license in which case you could, if you wanted to send a cease and desist, or if you wanted to even sue them to make sure they stop doing that, you have the legal right to do that. But since you don't have an actual copyright, um, it's hard to, like, you can't necessarily sue them and be like, you have to pay me this amount of money in damages or whatever. But you can still sue them, and they could, and the, the law would recognize, be like, yes, this is yours. And what they did was wrong and infringement. Um it's just harder if you wanted to actually get money back from them. I'm not sure what you would, like, the steps you would take to push something like that forward, but legally, I do believe, yes, like, you would have a right to pursue that and be like, these guys are infringing on my shit. <laughs> you know, they're, they're it's theft. It's, you know, they're, they're charging for my music. They have no right to do that. I don't really want, I don't want money, but still it's like, that's not right, you know? Um, I'm not sure. I would say look, look at, look information up on something like that. But I would think the most, like the first most basic step you could do would be somehow send them a message and telling them that they, you know, that you'll pursue, you just kind of try to scare them out of it. You'll pursue legal action if they don't stop this activity of 
selling your music. If you wanted to, like, make it look really official and scary, find out which website it is, and see if you can find out the who is, the W-H-O-I-S, the who is data. And most websites, unless they have who is protection, which I always do on mine, but most websites have to display um, the person's name or the company's title that owns that website and their mailing address. And you could mail them a letter and basically draft up a cease and desist order and, and send it to them and see if that scares them out of taking it down. Yeah. I think it was only like one or two websites. I think I haven't that seen that in a while. Though. There's a chance that they sucks. might have already, who knows, but that just, to me, that seems worse than piracy. Like people could be like, Oh, well, you know, people download music by big labels all the time through torrents and stuff. But that's a little, that, that's, doesn't seem as bad as it's like if you were to download someone's album on a torrent and then go try to sell that album and make money off of it. It's the exact, it's the same thing. It's like you're taking this, it just seems worse than just pirating. Like I'd almost rather have somebody just steal my shit so they could listen to it than to try to charge other people to listen to my shit when they don't have the right. I mean, like, there is actually a website that has a torrent of my music, and I support that because it gave me fans. And I already released my music for free anyway. But, yeah, but I mean... Your music's actually... There's actually a torrent of your stuff? Yeah. Okay, for one, that's kind of crazy, and it's almost like, whoa. But for two, dude, somebody liked your shit enough to be like, here, it's a torrent. You know, to pirate it, it's almost a compliment at, at our level of, of, uh, you know, uh, success or lack thereof or whatever you want to call it. But that's okay. Sorry to, sorry to sidetrack you, but I thought that was crazy. That's, that's kind of awesome, but it also kind of sucks. Well, I don't, actually, I like it because I mean, I, because like I saw, like I did see when it went up and I noticed that I did gain quite a few downloads of the album and, Likes nice. on Facebook around that time, so yeah. I mean, I actually, yeah, I'm, I'll allow it. <laughs> What's there was something that I actually wanted to mention about the the next uh, albums for Tell Me Osamazaki, since we just played that song before. Um, yeah, this is an idea that I had, and like the first three releases, and I guess the fourth kind of counts. Uh, the EP I released about a year ago already. They were kind of a part of a series of albums, but. I think I have an idea for another series of albums as well. Because Scarlet Ethereal, um, like, I really like that title and what it's about and everything. It's one of my favorite albums. But I was thinking that I could have other albums, like, that could be like the beginning of another series. And I did come up with the titles for more albums, and that is, because Scarlet Ethereal is basically a sunset. That's, um, you know, like a sunset. I think they call it an afterglow. Like when the sky is like red and all that, like it has that specific, like the, you know, it has like pink clouds and everything. And then, um, the next album, and I think it's going to be in this order, it's basically like about times of day. So the next album, it's basically the same title, but with a different color. So Scarlet Ethereal, and then Violet Ethereal for nighttime, and then Amber Ethereal for morning. And then Azure Ethereal for daytime. And each one's gonna have like a whole different theme to it. Like, uh, Violet Ethereal is gonna be more about like nighttime. It's gonna be, I think, much darker. Amber Ethereal, 
I'm not really sure how that it'll sound, but it won't it won't be as nowhere near as dark as Bell Ethereal. And then Azure Ethereal, I think I'm actually gonna make it not dark, like what I intended Scarlet Ethereal to be, which was you know a much lighter album. Like it's not gonna be very, it's not gonna be sad. I guess it's, I'm gonna actually make try to make it like something that a person can listen to without thinking about all the times of their life where something happened. But um, I don't think it's going to be um, like directly after. I think I'm going to be like, so like, I'm releasing Apocatastasis right now. And then I think the next one will be Violet Ethereal. And then after that, it will be a different album or, or an EP or something. And then Amber and then something else and then Azure. So that's probably going to be a process of years there. But yeah. But, um, and I think this is kind of a good thing because for a while I was planning on actually ending... Tommy also was like, yeah, I was considering it because I just went a long time. I did go kind of a long time without having any uh, motivation for it, really. I was like, this next album is going to take forever. But, you know, I've found inspiration uh, lately. But it's because I remember, like, late 2012, it's like, I think I like I had just finished releasing that. At the time I called it an album, it's a demo. It's officially a demo. I honestly don't even really like that anymore, to be honest. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of... Especially because of the lyrics. Oh, God, it was cringe really. Um, Yeah, but I remember back then, like, I was more focused on Tell Me Yo, and it's like, this is what I'm going to be working on the most, and it was what was the most popular as well. But then as of the past few months, it's like, Every day, I'm just writing stuff for Anting Out Dimension. Like, I have stuff planned for the album coming up next, the cover album I'm working on, and then the big, epic, like, huge album, like, the one I'm gonna put so much effort into that's gonna come, that I'm planning on releasing in 2015. So it's like, yeah, it's like, I guess I'm kind of going in between the two. And then The Red Mist is coming. I've only done two songs, well, three actually, but. Four, no. No, three no three songs, because I did those two songs, and then I finally wrote Lurker for the EMG Halloween album. I was planning on releasing an album of that, but I have nothing really for it. So, sure. Yeah. So it's like, I no, have a lot of like, plans. Yeah, it sounds like you have a lot of, uh, a lot of inspiration going on on the projects, and also like, oh, what's purpose, I guess? Like, it helps to have an outline of, like, here's the concept. Like, that helps to feed their creativity sometimes, as opposed to just, like, aimless, like, not sure where to go with this. That's one of the issues with the music that I'm working on with, um, with Anthony. We don't even have a name for that band or project. It's like, we just have the songs. They don't even have titles, they don't have themes, but, um, I mean, the songs sound really good. But it's like, they don't really have an aim or anything yet. But with Antigantamentum, it's like, I come up with everything of like that first. Although, it's kind of funny that I do that first, and then I write the music, but the lyrics are always the last thing, because I'm just really bad at writing lyrics. Really bad. Sure. Sure. Yeah, so... Hey, since we're on that, do you want to talk a bit about Antigantamentum, uh, the Antigantamentum albums a little bit more, and then we can segue into that song? All right. Okay, um, I probably should have mentioned it the last episode, because um, you played Nemo and Telegate, and that was on um, 
the, the last EP that I released called Secret Transit Gloria Mundi. And that mm-hmm. album, I posted it on Reddit. And after that, it got posted to, like, someone uploaded a... Two people uploaded the uh, songs from it on YouTube. Got a lot of plays, like, many hundreds likes and no dislikes, which I think is pretty cool. I think one of the videos has, like, 30 likes and zero dislikes. Nice. And it got a lot of good comments, a lot of likes on the page. Dude, I almost... I almost... I was really close to actually running out of free downloads. Because, you know, you get two Really? Yeah, it was crazy. Uh-huh. And I was like... If you look at the stats, it's like January when it was released, it's just a huge spike January and February. It's like... It's insane. But, um... Anyway, after, you know, okay, so that EP is two songs for the next album and the album after next, because I've been working on all this for a while. The next album is going to be in uh, self-titled, but the music that's on it is actually music that's been released or, uh, before. It's going to be a re-recording of the very first demo that, that I once called an album, but is not it all the quality not even for black metal the quality to be called an album and then it's gonna have um of screams it's and it's ugh god there's so many things it's a double <laughs> concept yeah it's a double concept album but both stories are very similar because both the stories are about uh historical well one of them is actually believed to be false that's actually um I guess it's um, made up, but they're both about witch trials in Europe. And the first one was about this woman in France who they said that she made an agreement with the devil, she had his child, and then got executed for it, although it's believed that that may not have actually happened, but I wouldn't put it past Europe to do something like that. But the next one is actually one that's... Oh, yeah, I, I was listening <laughs> Sorry, to Sorry, throw, throw Europe under the bus for a second. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry, continue. I was listening to the interview the other day, and um, I mentioned that I was working on a Tommy Sanzaki album about the family from Germany. Well, I canceled that because I didn't really want to do that album because I thought it would be just too much work. So instead, I transplanted that story from there to Antigantumentum because that's actually where it originally was. And I used a couple of the original songs from there. And I re-recorded one of the songs from that second demo that I mentioned. And it's re-recorded, and it's going to have new lyrics, it's going to be better production. So, you know, I'm excited for that album. It's actually going to have two songs from that, although... Because one of the songs was like 16 and a half minutes, I split it in two. So, yeah, it's, I guess, three, two, three songs. And... Yeah, so that's going to be the next album alongside that. But what's stopping me from just all of a sudden releasing that album is that I'm working on a cover album. And I've already finished a few of them. But what I'm planning on doing, what or what the theme of that album is, is... Um, okay, so the music that I do is black metal. Well, some would say it's not... You know, it's interesting. Like, black metal, people always... People get really elitist about it. You know, people say, oh, it's not real black metal, it's all that. Or, 
at a certain point it becomes it doesn't it's not black and white because it has too many outside elements. So what I did was I'm doing covers of songs that are specifically not black metal. Like death metal, but even songs that are not metal in general, like I did on my Bloody Valentine cover. And working on that. Oh and a Devin Townsend cover. And that one I'm really excited to release. I'm sorry, hold on. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. And so I'm working on that, and I hope to release both of those at the same time, like sometime this summer. And now, the one that I'm that I've been working on a lot, that I'm still gonna be working on for a while, it is I'm planning on making it like the biggest album that I could possibly make. And it is an album that is dedicated to the home, to my home state of California. It's called La Isla de Carafia. And the title is, um, because this California was, uh, or at least there's multiple theories, but the leading one is that it wasn't because, um, when the Spaniards came to California, they came up through Baja California, you know, that peninsula of Mexico. They thought it was an island and they named it after an island from a story that was popular at the time in Spain. And they said that, and in the story it was that there was um, an island. It was like a mystical island and it was, it had tribes of like, uh, like black Amazons and they had a queen named Calafia. So I named the, the album after that character, La Isla de Calafia, the island of Calafia. And it's, I'm planning on making it just a huge album, huge in, well, time. I'm planning on making it a long album, but also like just in sound, the epicness of it. And two of the songs from the last EP are on it. But, um, yeah, so Nemo and Telegate's gonna be on it, and Wotan's Throne. Wotan's Throne is named after a mountain in California that's near Mount Whitney. And I think that's like the coolest name you could possibly ever give a mountain. The Throne of Wotan. Odin. That's a, Wotan is a, like an alternate way of, um, I think it's like a German, a, like the Germanic way of saying Odin, but it's the same uh, god. Nice. But yeah, like so far, like I'm working on the, the organization of the album. Um, it's gonna have songs in Spanish, and it's gonna have a song in Nahuatl as well. In the uh, Nahuatl, uh, it's weird to pronounce. The language of the Aztecs. That's awesome, man. That sounds cool. Um, yeah, like, it's gonna, it's gonna be songs about the state, about, you know, all that, and, um, yeah, there's so many songs that I wanna, I'm working on so many things at once, it's insane, but, and, um, and one of the things is that I can't finish it immediately, because what I'm planning on doing is actually taking a trip throughout California with my friends. We're planning on going, passing through the area of Mount Whitney and just going to camp in Northern California, you know, so I can write all the lyrics, I can write more songs while I'm there, so to, you know, to be really inspired. I was influenced by this band called uh, Wolves in the Throne Room. Their music is, it has a lot to do with um, where they're from. They call it Cascadian metal because they're from Washington. You know, I just want to write something that's about my home state. The song is called Wotan's Throne. (laughs) 
That was, Wot- uh, is that uh, Wotan's throne? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, that was epic. That was very epic. Thanks. And you said that was, okay, that one was going to be, hold on, I have notes. Uh, is that going to be on the, the self-titled one you were talking about coming out uh, June, possibly? No. no, that one's on um the next one coming that's out gonna be... next year. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, you said you were going for Epic, man, and that track definitely uh, displays uh, uh, epicness. I think. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like, I've basically just been in that mindset of writing music like that. Like, not just for that album, but also for um, for Tommy Osamuzaki for Album Catastasis. Like, I've just been in, like, the mindset of writing music that's just big and, you know, just epic sounding. Big and sprawling. Yeah, I would say it's a big, sprawling song. I Yeah. Very cool. Excited for that album. And, of course... And of course, let us know when it drops, and we'll 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 have you on again the show to talk about it, and of course have have links to where people can get it. Hey, what would you? Okay, we mentioned we mentioned we should throw out another uh, EMG compilation idea out there. Yeah. What would you like? What would you like to work on um, in terms of EMG compilation albums? We've talked about themed albums in the past. Um, would you like to see us do a themed album or something like that? Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Um, honestly, in general, I think it'd be cool just to have another compilation because we only have like one or two a year. You know, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's been like maybe two a year. We're up to five total, so about two a year. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see them come out a little more frequently. And it's not impossible. I mean, remember when we did that one compilation of like you have an hour to do a song, and it came out. Incredibly. Yeah, the end of the. Yeah, the end of the world compilation. That was awesome. I couldn't believe, you know, the idea was thrown out there, and then the next day the album was completed, and online is essentially how it worked. Or 24 hours before the album actually went up, something like that. But that was that was impressive. I mean, we have the ability to do that, you know? We do. It all just kind of... It all just kind of depends on. I found some some certain ideas just don't strike the group as a collective whole enough. Like we always get several people behind an idea, but sometimes it just doesn't come together enough. And then some ideas like that one, it just hits at the right time. Everybody's interested in it. Just comes together like like magic. Um, but there was talk a while ago about doing a cover album in which. EMG members would cover each other's songs. Oh yeah, I remember that. And, and I really like that idea, one. but that one just that one just kind of th- fell apart. Maybe I I might have choked it to death with my super long list of legalities or whatever. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. I read the whole thing. I was like, wow. Well, well, my it doesn't. Uh, it's I'm sure it wasn't necessary, and there's some stuff I definitely could have cut out of there. But the problem with covers, um, releasing an album of covers is then you get into, you know, legal issues. And that's also why we were like, 
will cover each other's songs, then we can get permission from all the artists, not have to worry about royalties and, and stepping on people's toes. Um, but that was all the more reason to kind of set, set forth a bunch of guidelines just so nobody, nobody does get their toes stepped on, you know, but, um, it was one of those things where a couple people were behind it, but as a whole, it just didn't come together. Maybe in the future it might, but, um, Sometimes they just doesn't work out, but yeah, I think it's time for another album. Personally, I always liked, and I, I think it was you, but I'm not sure. Somebody threw out the idea forever ago about doing a color themed where every track would be like a different color <coughs> or themed around a color. And maybe, maybe it wasn't you that suggested that, but I always liked that idea. Of course, you're going to get several people fighting over the same certain colors, but I call red. I always thought that... What's that? I said I call red. You call red? Yeah. It, yeah, dude. So I'm putting it right now. I call <laughs> red. If that happens, I'm calling red. Okay. It's down. It's it's down. We, you Red is taken. Or if you want to get more... that's something I'd like to do. Or if you want to get more specific, let's say crimson or scarlet, like a deep red, in case if anyone wants, like, bright red. Because, like, I mean, there's quite a few artists, so, you know... Then you have to listen yeah. To but yeah, I call but, it crazy. And I really like working on those albums and releasing those albums. It's just really cool when they come together. So it would definitely be awesome to do something like that again. And it helps it helps bring the group together because even if they're albums that we put together on our own, somehow they always still come together feeling cohesive and, and, and full and they usually have a good flow and it's cool to see that many uh, working gears, you could say, to come together and, and work and put out this, this, this thing that's cool. And it's like we were talking earlier, nobody gets paid for the comp, the compilation albums. They're just, they're just because we enjoy doing the shit. So Yeah. Uh, do you like compilation you album? What's, what's that? Oh, I was asking. Um, do you put a lot of thought into like the track order? Because I do notice that the the tracks do flow really well. Oh yeah. Um, and hopefully this doesn't rub anybody the wrong way. The first compilation album, there were, I, I think it was the first one. There was a lot of disagreements in the group about track order, and. Certain people weren't happy with certain track order and other people wanted, there was basically a lot of disagreements. So basically since then, I've done the track order myself <laughs> just to avoid, um, just to avoid that kind of issue. And I probably shouldn't even say it, have said that because somebody's going to hear it and be like, oh, motherfucker. But, but you know, yeah, I definitely do. Um, since I put the albums, since, since I end up uploading the albums, I usually get most, if not all, the tracks together um, with plenty of time before uploading the album, and I'll move tracks around, I'll listen to them all. I do put a lot of thought into how the album would flow, um, and I listen to the album together um, in all kinds of different configurations just to see what song works here, what song works there. Uh, once in a while... Um, you'll get like a really late track submission, which is fine with more tracks, the merrier we want more tracks. But once in a while it's happened a couple times where a track will come in 
way late after I pretty much got all the other, the rest of the album put together, and it like will to- totally throw a wrench into the order. So I'll have to kind of reevaluate and sometimes move chunks of chunks of the album around just to make it work a little smoother. But yeah, I definitely try to put thought, um, a lot of a lot of thought into the flow of the album. And I'm not sure if everybody's happy with how they come out. Um, but I haven't really had anybody complain about, about the ones that I've, I've kind of laid out. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like, I don't like, I don't think it has anything to do with, Oh, that this artist is preferred. It's just, it's, it's all to do with the flow. It doesn't mean how good the song is. It's just, it flows well. Yeah. I think that's what it should be all about. Well, and, and like, and I, of course, then there's also, you know, I always try to mix it up. There's certain spots, like the first track, you know, nobody's ever said like, I want the first track or, or why did you give this person the first track? Nobody's ever said that. Everybody's always been cool about it, but it is a cognitive thing that I, I, that I do take in consideration of like, (laughs) first and foremost, what track opens the album the best? And then, um, also I'll look at the other albums. And if it's an artist that's opened another album before, if I can, I'll try to think, well, maybe somebody else can take the opening spot if it feels appropriate. But it just kind of, yeah, for the most part, like, I totally separate the artists and just go based on the songs with a little consideration of like, I don't want anyone to feel like they're getting shafted, you know? But yeah, it's, it's pretty much, you know, so far nobody's, nobody's really complained about it. So I, I, it's when you're working with other people's music in any capacity, um, you always try to be aware of how they would feel. And everybody in the group is super cool about understanding, um, understanding how those things go and, hopefully understanding that decisions like that are made for the benefit of the overall flow of the album. But like one of the albums, um, I think it was the Halloween, no, not the Halloween album, maybe the second Halloween album. One of the albums, uh, was the, the opening track was dark nightingale and Risto, um, was actually surprised that he got that, that his track was the opening track and he kind of sounded he sounded surprised and I'm not sure that he, I don't know. He kind of sounded like he felt maybe his track shouldn't have been the opening track, but I totally, in that case, I was like, dude, your track is the perfect opening track. It sets the tone. It's got nice flow up into it. It was the, uh, struggle at dawn was the name of the song, I think. But anyway, I don't want to ramble on too much about it, but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah Everybody's pretty cool in the group about that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it was a, it, well, that was a good choice. I think it was, Ellie. Like, you know, I remember Even... it sits that mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that one's, like, great. It's it's creepy, and it had a great build-up, and I was like, that's the perfect first track. And there's a lot of times when it's not even a question. It's just like, that is the track that 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 opens up the rest of the album for everybody else to come through with their songs. Um, even to a point, the EMG radio shows, uh, most of the time I don't have, like, I don't, when I, when I do the EMG radio, I don't usually have, 
I don't think about the flow of the show a lot of times. I'll have the certain tracks. Um, if I have a lot of time to prepare, I'll kind of try to order them, but for the most part, they just kind of go where they go. <laughs> um, but I do, I am cognizant of also who gets put in the last. And it seems like, uh, Ezra Yates, it seems like Drazen's tracks for a long time were always the last tracks of the show. So I even made a point to open uh, one of the episodes with his tracks, uh, with his track even before the, uh, I don't remember which episode that was, but I threw his track on even before the, uh, the muse, uh, the, the, the theme song came on the episode just as to be like, you know, sorry, you're always at the end of the show. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of Drizzen, um, okay, so we released the Hellmouth EP back in December. And mm-hmm. we haven't really talked much about it, but we are planning to actually do a full length album. Like, we're, right now we're coming up with the, the theme. So, like, we have some ideas, but nothing's for sure. But the thing is that, considering how long it took us to do that short EP, um, I can't guarantee how long it's going to take to do a full-length album. I really hope it doesn't take as long as it took us to do the EP, because that EP took us... How long did it take? Like, well over a year. And it was only, like, three original songs and a cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um... That is kind of the downside to working with people, um... It's awesome that you can work with people online, um, but that is kind of the downside, is it's usually a slower pace, just because it's harder to meet up and... online, and then also everybody's got their shit going on offline, you know? Yeah, like, I remember when, um... I asked Raisin to do the vocals for Withering Away. Like, it took him quite a while, because he had, like, and he said he didn't have headphones for a while, and then finally uh, he was able to record it. And yeah, I remember when I first listened to that, though. That was like, wow, it was just impressive. But I mean, yeah, I mean, like there are always um, things that come in the way. Like, especially me, like I can't really do vocals because I can't really do when people are around, and it and that's pretty rare actually for people to to leave me here alone, so it's like, yeah, there's uh, limitations and everything, but when it comes to guitar, though, I can easily crank out something quickly. But, um, actually, I was reading, though, about this um, one band. It was a, it was a super group of all these black metal bands. Now, this was before things like Dropbox and all that. So, I mean, this was still, this was not too long ago. This was, like, 2005, 2006. But apparently the way that they actually were able to do everything from... Because everyone lived really far away. But they did everything by mail. Like, they sent everything by mail. So... That would take forever. Yeah, I mean, like, just... I can't even imagine that. It's like, I can just send a message right now to someone. You know, I could record a guitar track. I can upload it pretty quickly. But imagine sending it by mail... That's just... Ugh. That is pretty crazy, and um, me and Lou and Steve used to do collaborative stuff um, before Dropbox and a lot of the, the pretty sweet cloud storage services were around, but we were still always local. 
like even if we were exchanging exchanging um data that was recorded at you know their place or my place we'd always go in person and deliver that data doing it by snail mail that's a long wait especially if you're like oh man I'm in the I'm in the mode for mixing this track. I really need this guitar. I need this guitar track to mix in. It's like, oh no, you better wait. Uh, you know, five to ten business days to get that guitar track. It's crazy. And then it would suck if something got lost in the mail too. Oh yeah, it got lost. Or you're like, this track is not bad, but what if you did this? And it's like, oh shit. Okay, gotta do a new one. Well, no, I would imagine, like, maybe, well, I'm not entirely sure, but I would think maybe, you know, they use the phone or something, like, you know, like, check it, how does this sound, how does this sound, all that, but, like, I guess through mail is how they would send, like, the fi- their final tracks to be mixed and everything. Yeah. Cause, I mean, I can't even imagine, like, do, doing the things that I do with Drazen, you know, like, like, imagine just, imagine sending him, like, a letter, like, hey, man, and then he, and then, like, days later, seven days <laughs> later, what's up? And it's like, <laughs> and it's like I think I have an idea for a song. What do you think of this? And it's like, and then it's in a it's a CD, but it ended up getting chipped. And it's like, damn it. <laughs> no, yeah, man, that would that would be time consuming. They probably, I imagine, on I have no idea because I I had not heard any of this, but they probably lay down a bunch of material. And then send a package of a bunch of stuff. It's like, here you go, mix mixing whoever, you know. But that's that's pretty interesting, man. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, and then it also kind of makes you think of like back even before mail was as a as well. I'm not saying it's very efficient, but as much as it is, say like 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 back in the day when people had to send uh, letters across the ocean. By ship, or across the country, by yeah, it's just you know the internet's just incredible. Basically, is what I'm saying. It is, and it's something we kind of gush about a lot on the show, but that's because it's such a powerful tool if you use it that way. And some people might not get it, but in that case, they're just not using it as they're not using it that way. Um, it's still entertainment for a lot of people, and it's entertainment for me too, but as a tool, it is, like, endlessly useful. Um, people have never had anything as useful and as, like, useless as the internet can provide them, you know what I mean? It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Hell, the internet's how I'm, how this is, how we're able to talk right now, even... I would have never, I would have never talked to any of you guys. All the compilation albums we've done, um, and all the uh, collaborations that have come to, uh, that have resulted from uh, networking with everybody online in EMG and Facebook, and a lot of people come over from other forums and stuff like that, um, just wouldn't have happened. Which is crazy, I guess, to think about. I guess if it hadn't happened, it wouldn't have been crazy. But, yeah, like, a lot of good has resulted of it. By the way, I just thought good of something. music. I just thought of something. Um, this is kind of a, well, I guess kind of, again, uh, somewhat off-topic, but, or kind of on-topic, I guess, but... Okay, so you live in Nebraska. 
Have mm-hmm. you ever seen the ocean? No. That was just something I thought. You've never seen the ocean? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's... Yeah, you need to come back for me one day. I do. I haven't done a lot of a lot of traveling. Um, most of the people I know have traveled quite a bit. I've just never done a lot of traveling. Um, I've never flown. I've never been in a plane. <laughs> um... I suppose if I'd seen the ocean, most likely I would have gotten there by plane. It's a lot quicker than driving. But yeah, no, I've never seen the ocean. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I don't know that I want to go on the ocean. Um, um well, probably not. All the, like all the yeah, but the um, concept of all the vastness just kind of freaks me out. But oh yeah, it's <laughs> well at my school. It, um, I can see the ocean each day, and it's yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's kind of freaky just to see the horizon. You know, and then also, if I wanted to, I could take a ferry out to an island just off the coast here called Catalina. And yeah, no, actually, that is one thing that I will say. I've never been on an island before. I should get on that. I should do something like that. But yeah, like I mean, that just seems crazy to me. It's like I see the ocean every day, and it's like you've never seen the ocean. I've never seen it. No, I know. It, does oh. it get old to you? Are you like, oh, well, yeah, there's the ocean. I see that thing every day. At first, because I don't live near it, but because my school is near it. Um, so I do, like, at first I was like, wow, I get to see the ocean. And I was like, oh, cool, the ocean. But usually the fog will end up, um, fog, smog, all that ends up kind of obscuring it. Smog. We have no smog. No I have smog? no smog here. Dude, no smog. Our, oh my goodness. Um. Actually, there's a song on the Tommy Samazaki on um, Scarlet Ethereal, the song called We Have Created a False Horizon. What it's about is that okay, here in L.A., we have a massive, we have all these mountains around us. Because L.A. is just a little basin, just a little basin, and then there's all these mountains. There's the mountains north and then east. Uh, and there's, you know, mountains that are like up to 8,000. I think there's one that's like 10,000 somewhere out there. And... On a clear day, you can see the mountains. You know, usually they'll have snow. Some they'll, usually they'll have snow. Sometimes, but a lot of times they don't. But when the smog gets really thick, the mountains can get completely blocked out. And I mean, like mountains that are thousands of feet tall, just blank, blank, uh, completely just invisible by smog. That's insane. Yeah. But I think it's not so much, it's not just the pollution, I think it's just because of, like, it's not just pollution, it's, I guess it's just the the nature of the basin, because I think it's, like, clouds end up just naturally getting here. I think that's something that's been here even before industrialization, like, I guess haze, fog, all that just ends up kind of obscures, it obscures things here, but, but yeah, like, the pollution does have quite a bit to do with that, because we have a lot of pollution and um, you know what else you guys have that we generally don't have here um, I was watching this YouTube video earlier of um, it was I think it was some news broadcast um, I think it was LA maybe but uh, there was an earthquake during the news broadcast and the oh, news yeah. broadcasters got under the desk dude I mean, we have fault lines around around about here, but like 
They're generally not active, not to say they couldn't ever be active, but I've never experienced an earthquake. And, like, in my mind, the one thing on Earth that shouldn't move is the Earth. Like, the ground starts shaking. I think I would freak out. I heard it was a big one, but it, I was asleep during it. Like, I didn't even feel it at all. But um, an earthquake of, like, four around there is does just not really anything. Threes, fours, not much. But, um, yeah, but I think, like, I heard, like, I remember there was that earthquake back east, and then it was, like, a to us it was a small earthquake, but to them, because, you know, they're not earthquake-ready, um, it was actually, mm-hmm. I think it was much worse, but... Yeah, here, earthquakes are, they don't happen very often, like, I don't, or at least I don't really notice them that much. I guess that's probably just because, I, but, I mean, because we usually do get a lot of them, but they're usually pretty small. And then sometimes it's like, wait, is that, is there just a big truck outside, or is it an earthquake? Sometimes you can't tell. And then sometimes it's like, like, you're just like, I remember one time I was just cooking something, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. But, um. No. I no, was, you could keep those earthquakes, man. I don't want that. Yeah, well, at least we don't get tornadoes. Well, actually, oh, yeah. actually we sometimes do, but that's pretty rare. Ah, yeah, tornadoes are definitely, that's our exchange. Um, no earthquakes. Uh, tornadoes are fairly common, although, well, I can't say that. I guess, like, there's always, every year, there's, like, some town in Kansas or some 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 place that gets hit pretty hard, but, um, in my area, uh, the towns and cities have been, I've always kind of lucked out on that. There haven't, there hasn't ever been anything too bad, too close to me in terms yeah. of tornadoes. Yeah. I've never seen a tornado. I would probably freak out, but they, I've They're heard pretty, of them. They, they are pretty scary, man. <laughs> but apparently, actually, what Sorry, we do have once in a while, apparently, I've never witnessed it myself, but. Or actually, no, I just remembered something. We had something that was kind of like a tornado. I didn't see it, but I could hear it. I remember it was like like 14 years when I was little. There was a huge storm, and I actually heard like a really powerful wind. Apparently, it was something called a microburst. Like, it was like a miniature tornado that passed through my neighborhood. And I remember that was horrifying. Uh, a tree branch uh, totaled my sister's car. Well, but I was going to say, what we do get, actually, that's I've seen pictures of it, but I've never seen it in real life. I freak the hell out if I saw in real life. We have something called water spouts. And that's a tornado Wha- that's in the ocean. That's made of, a tornado made out of water. Oh. And apparently they are extremely dangerous because of the fact that, you know, tornadoes are made out of air, but water spouts are made out of water. So, And then also I think um, when the tornado runs out, the water ends up just coming down. So, Yeah, dude, that... that- Sounds very dangerous. A tornado, tornado winds can like pick small objects up and put them through walls and stuff. Imagine that kind of power, um, coming at you and it's, it's made up of water. Like they use water saws to cut through metal and stuff. Like that's, that's pretty, yeah, that, that could mess some stuff up, I imagine. Oh god, you're talking about picking up things and throwing them. The first thing I remember was the episode of King of the Hill when, um, uh, Dale was talking about how he was talking about that, that things that are little can go through walls. And then Bobby got the idea, like, cause they were gonna go get, um, Peggy. He got an egg. And he, I guess he wanted to see it go through a wall. And then at one point he was like, this is my chance. He throws the egg and it ends up hitting him back in the face. <laughs> it was like, he, he saw the wall and then he threw it and it just hit him back. 
That's great. Uh, yeah, that show was uh, that show was pretty good. That so, show was pretty good, man. For yeah. a while, I was on a kick. I was on a King of the Hill kick, but yeah, yeah. It's like it's animation, but it's realistic. The only thing I do yeah. know is like yeah. how how Mike Judge always likes to depict um liberal people. That's the only thing, but eh, whatever. It's just, it's just a show. And I guess there's like a cultural difference. Like I guess me as a Californian, you know, because uh, you know he's a Texan, and so it's through their perspective. So I guess it's like you have to see it through their perspective. Uh, no, yeah, and he he does though. He does depict them a certain way. But one thing with Mike Judge, and it's on both sides. It's a little bit tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Um. You can kind of tell, especially since where he's from, it's a little bit more uh, conservative-leaning. But he's never yeah. pushed too politically to where I, I I didn't like it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I will say, though, I think the later episodes kind of started to suck. I don't know, because it seems like they were just kind of copy-and-paste stories. The early episodes actually had arcs. That's kind of the risk with a lot of long-time-running shows. Yeah, I had definitely fallen off at a certain point, and I caught... A couple of the later episodes, but I don't think I ever, I don't think I was watching when it actually finished up and went off the air. Well, yeah, um, it, it had an official finale, and then it had um, some episodes that were released after, sort of like post-finale episodes. They were, meh. I think the last episode, like the official last one was, because um, I remember a while ago they mentioned that Khan had um, manic depression, and they finally went into that. And that was the very last episode. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've definitely never seen that one. Yeah, and it's like Khan finally actually kind of becomes friendly with Hank because um, it was like Khan was building stuff, I think. Like he like he was building a grill because he was in his cause, uh, manic depression bipolar disorder. It's like there's like your manic, so in his manic state he was able to build stuff, but then he went into his depressed state where he was in... Uh, it was like they tried to get him into his manic state, basically, to help him. It was, yeah. Oh, yeah, I gotcha. They tried yeah. to take advantage of his manic state. Wait, how long have we been going on about regional places in King of the Hill now? Oh, uh, a short while. A short while. We could probably about wrap the show up. Um, yeah, I think... Any uh, episodes, any, any, ep- uh, any songs I got left over, we'll play on the next... The next uh, episode. Yeah, I feel a little bad. It's like, I don't know, it's like, it's like there's so much attention on me, but yeah. No, that's all right. I like, like I was saying, I don't know if I sang at the beginning of the show or before we started recording. Um, the episodes where it's just me, and especially the last couple got short, and it would just me, be me talking a little bit, and then it was mostly music. Which is good because it's EMG radio, so we it's about music. We gotta play music. But I enjoy having other people on here to talk about even if it's like not relevant stuff, like I I enjoy that and I think that makes for a more interesting show in terms of a podcast. Um so no worries, especially if we've got somebody on here like you who is so active and putting out such quality material, you know, we want to hear what you say. It's, it's, it's interesting to listen to. 
I think so. Do you have any specific websites or anything that you'd like to uh, pimp before we get out of here? I know you have a lot of projects and stuff, so, but anything specific you want to direct people to? Um, I guess just the band camps for Antikatsumatum and, um, oh yeah, and then Drakon Chodon and Kamehameha all that. It's just, um, basically the band name dot bandcamp.com. One word. Mm-hmm. There's no underscores or anything. And of course, I'll have links to that in the show notes on the website that, uh, everybody can get to. And like, I'll add links to the YouTube description as well. You know, as soon as we stop this, two minutes later, you're going to send me a message on Facebook like, oh, I wanted to talk about this thing. Because that's yeah. how it always goes. That's how yeah, it always goes. That's what always happens. Um, no, I think I pretty much mentioned, like I mentioned, the album coming out 2015. The next album is going to be recording. Oh, and then the cover album, and it's like, like you know, we've been talking about legal stuff, so it's like, I'm... I don't know if I'm going to release that to Bandcamp. I might, like, post it on YouTube because, I mean, I don't really think... Well, I mean, I know I, YouTube sometimes does have kind of a restrictive um, thing. Like, I've heard of people actually getting videos taken down, but um, I guess as long as you don't monetize it. So, you know, videos like that, you know, I wouldn't monetize. Um, yeah. That kind of reminds me of one thing. Sometime what I want to do... Because there's other, um, there's been a couple other guys in the group that's like, hey, I got this cover song, will you play this? And I have to be like, you know, uh, I'll pimp it for you, but unfortunately I don't want to put it on the AMG radio show just because the way they look at podcasts is weird. They consider it both a streaming, but also since you can download it, they, like, it, they look at it like an album. However, Mixcloud.com, which I've also been uploading the episodes to, and I don't know how it would apply to cover songs, but they have some type of system um, set up so that you can upload, like, people upload mixes of popular songs, and they have some system set up to where you can log the tracks, and they take care of the legal side. Now, I don't know if that applies to covers, but what I've been wanting to do was do a mixed cloud exclusive episode um, of the radio, of EMG Radio. That way we could put some of those tracks on there that I'm normally not comfortable putting on the regular podcast. And so I kind of want to do that. So we could probably fit some stuff onto the, onto a mixed cloud exclusive type episode. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, 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 assuming, you know, that you can, that seems kind of odd though. I mean, like you can actually upload other people's songs. Like, you know, like I would think that they would like say you could type in a song and then it'll have it there or something. I don't know. Well, how it works, usually it's made to, like, it's not set up to, like, just upload, like, um, who's somebody? Beyonce comes to mind. I don't know why her, but say you've got a Beyonce song. It's not really made so you can just upload the one track of Beyonce and there you go. It's made for, um, well, it's made for lots of things, uh, podcasts and stuff like that, too. But since it's Mixcloud, the idea is you can upload... Um, you make a mix or you do like a radio show and in that mix, Beyonce's track is in there. Um, you basically tag a, the track as being in there. And when people listen to it, they can't jump right to that track because it's, you know, a so- one, it's like a podcast. It's one solid song file, but Mixcloud, um, I'm assuming they pay some type of a uh, play 
royalties or whatever to record companies, and they keep track of what what songs are in there, so they know, and I'm assuming they divert whatever funds or legality needs to be diverted towards making sure it's cool that it's in there. Yeah, I'm not sure the exact specifics. I mean, I'd have to read through a little closer on there. But yeah, as far as I know, like a lot of it's set up for um, DJs and stuff that do mixes of popular songs and stuff like that. So that seems to be cool on there, I guess. I'm not sure the deal they have worked out, but... Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely have to, I'll, I'll look into it a little bit more before we do that, but if that's the case, I'd definitely like to do uh, a Mixcloud exclusive episode or two. Oh, what I was remembering, because uh, I did listen to that, to the interview I did uh, back last year, and it's like there's some mm-hmm. outdated information. Um, it was, okay, so yeah, Invoke the Wake is gone, I mentioned that, and I'm now in Eclipse of Apollo okay. with Abraham. And then Tamil Somozaki is not going to be that um, project, the symphony thing. I might do a symphony one day, but it's not going to be that story because that story is going to be used for the next Antigatomento album, for the second half of it. Um, what else was it? Um, Drakon Chilon, I released that already. And I think I said the rest of the Red Mist is coming. should have an album out December 2013. That hasn't happened yet and probably won't. So <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that probably won't be released for a while because I don't really have anything else for that. I only have like yeah. maybe one song idea, and I don't know. I actually, I, although what I do have for that though, I have lyrics. That's the funny thing. I actually have lyrics for that project, and lyrics is usually what I write last. So that's interesting. So I just need to write music for that and then record it, sing it, and then release it. But, um, is there anything else? So, invoke the link. Oh, no. I remember back then, I, uh, the new, the then upcoming, uh, Antihatomental one was called No Hope for the Human Race, which sounds stupid. But now it's called Zelstrom. Um, yeah, I remember they had a different title. And anything else? But I think that's it. So, yeah, clarifying clarifying any information from it then. Um, the band. Um, oh, you just said their title. What was the title? The band that you shared the Instagram picture. Oh, Eclipse um, of Apollo. With me, Eclipse of Apollo. Are, is there is there any links to that or anything? Um, uh, actually, let me check. Okay, uh, there's a Facebook page, and I think he released uh, he released a single before we joined. He did it because he did it as a solo project. Um, uh-huh. I think it's on iTunes, actually. And it's on, well, I know oh. it's on Spotify. But yeah, I think it's on iTunes. So I guess people could check that out. I don't remember what okay. song you called. Uh, I forgot what it was. Um, I sent you the Facebook page for that. But, um, you did. Oh, the song is called The Fall. That was what it was called. Yeah. So oh, I yeah, guess... Yeah, check it out on iTunes then. Support him. He's a really, really good artist. And then, you know, check us out when we release stuff with him. And then the project that I have with um, with Tweak and Anthony, you know, I... Because I, that music is, um, like I've noticed, it goes more towards post-metal, 
which is something that Anticantumentum is actually kind of going towards as well, especially with the song Nemo Intelligent. That song is basically, well, not even post-metal, more post-rock. It's a pretty soft song, but yeah, like, we're going into post-metal with that project. So I think it's progressed a lot more out of Invoke the Wake, because I remember Invoke the Wake, that was, you know, that was a band of high school kids. You know, they played some shows, but they had to pay to play those shows. That's something that I don't think bands should do. If you have to pay to play, doing something wrong. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, there was some outfit a, that was... Yeah, some, uh, but you should ahead. build up a fan base before playing shows. Or at least have something mm-hmm. out, you know? No, I was going to say, there was some outfit that was... Um, and they're common. I don't remember the name now. But they would hit us up on SoundCloud. Um, they hit my SoundCloud up and Three Blind Minds. And basically the racket was, you know, we want you to play the show. Except you got to buy the tickets and you have to make sure you sell these tickets and all this. And it was basically ended up, you'd end up paying to play the show. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay somebody to play a show. That's That's not how it works. And... Chances are they didn't even listen to the SoundCloud stuff. They probably just searched local, you know, searched an area and then just mass spammed these these messages. But, yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you there. Yeah, in fact, I actually got one for Tamil Sonozaki. And I have considered playing live, but... Oh, by the way, I do know that that guy's legit, though, because I have uh, invoked the week. We Actually, we played our first show um, with him, but... Yeah, it's the same kind of yeah, strange you, that you, like, ambient music would be. Yeah, no, I think I brought it up in the group. Um, the company's legit, but I just did not like their business model. And it's like, if you if you if you want me to come play your show, like you don't even have to pay me, but don't expect me to dish out money or buy these tickets or pre-sell these tickets for you. Like, you line up the show. Well, I think part of the issue is that, I mean, it does cost a lot of money, but the shows that we have opportunities to play with Eclipse of Apollo, we don't have to pay for them. The reason why, what's paying for that is alcohol. And the places that we usually play are alcohol-free. And if um, they're either all ages and or are places that are, believe it or not, churches. They're like these places in industrial areas and it's like there's like an industrial unit and then there's a place that's normally actually a church that allows bands to play there when it's not doing services and then you have to abide by the rules like i think one of the places that we played we weren't at you weren't allowed to use swear words in your lyrics so we actually had to change a couple of the songs really dude that's interesting yeah, believe it or not, a lot of venues or actually churches actually a lot of churches do have they do that they um they let their space be used for uh, shows, which I just find kind of interesting. And from what I understand, like they invest in decent PA equipment and sound equipment and stuff cuz it's churches it's a non-profit organization, so they have this money to invest in this equipment. And a lot of times from what I've heard from people who sell the equipment or install it, um, the churches are, they're, they're the people, like, if you sell that equipment, they're the people you want to hit up because they will invest money in it because they have the money to invest in this equipment. So that's cool too. 
yeah, in my experience, they were, well, I mean, not like super good, but yeah, they have pretty decent systems. I mean, I played at yeah. the whiskey before, and that was, well, the guy that was there, you know, we weren't very well mic'd, but, you know, I've seen bands there that sound incredible. I mean, whiskey is like one of the biggest venues in, well, in California, probably the United States. I don't know about the world, but, well, nah, it's not, that's a pretty small place, but I mean, or, I mean famous, big as in famous. Because, I mean, that's where yeah, the door yeah, started, that's where... Rage Against the Machine started, I remember, um, the, I mean, I remember hearing I was not alive back then. Um, but yeah, like, okay, what was I even talking about? Yeah, so, yeah, churches usually do have pretty decent systems. Paying to, to play, it's, it, it's not always a bad thing because there's actually this one band that I've seen around and they actually kind of, um, they choose the shows that they put, that they play at, and they've actually like they choose intelligently, like they know what uh, audiences uh, will like their music. Because I remember I saw them, I remember mentioning going to see the band Catatonia, and I saw that band perform. They're called Sirion, and yeah, they were they were incredible. But they did that. They did pay to play, but they were very smart about it. Like they they knew which audiences would react to their music well. And I guess Catatonia's artist, uh, audience seemed to... I mean, I enjoy the music. So it can be a good thing, but you have to be careful because I remember like the very first show that we played, we had to sell 50 tickets at $10 each, sell $500. So, you know, these are quite a... This is quite a bit of money. So, you know, 500 uh, I think the minimum we did once was 300 but... Yeah, definitely. You have to pay into the hundreds of dollars to perform at a lot of these shows, but they can be good. But usually they aren't because usually it's just some post-hardcore band, you know, one of the many. Although to be fair, I haven't really been to a show in a while, like a, a local show. But from where yeah. I remember, it was all post-hardcore bands. I'm not sure what uh, your scene is like, but that's how it was here. We used to play a lot in Orange County, and yeah, there's a lot of those bands. I remember, but I've seen around on Facebook, even, I guess, a lot. So I'm not even sure what kind of scene we've got around here. It's been so long since I've been to any local shows, and I'm not even sure. Like uh, my attention to the music scene is totally turned. Like the internet is where I find all the music I listen to. I don't listen to the radio anymore. And that's where you would hear about the local shows and stuff like that. So I'm not even sure what's going on locally, any, locally anymore, which isn't not, which isn't a good thing. But um, part of it was because anything I did here was not interesting to me. So, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, and then there's, I mean, there's like here, you know, there's a lot of shows. There's a whole lot of backyard shows. In fact, uh, I don't know if I ever posted, or I don't know if you know this, but Anticontinentum has performed a show live once. It was a backyard show at uh, hosted by a friend of ours of, um, of all the guys in the band, and it was a lot of fun actually. But yeah, those shows always end up getting raided by the cops. There's always people there smoking <laughs> and stuff, drinking. But the thing about a backyard show is that it's not really a place I like to go because it's mostly high school kids, and I'm already out of high school. So, and then yeah, yeah. you always have that guy that's older that. Yeah. You don't want to be that guy. That's all older. You don't want to be that guy. No, I understand. Yeah. 
I mean, back. I mean, back, well, backyard shows. They are. Um, they're not. Gonna, they're fun. Like, because a lot of venues don't let you. Um, they don't let you really do too much like moshing and all that liability issues. But backyard shows, anything goes pretty much. But if you're gonna go, but if, right. any, but if anyone's listening here, that and that you know, they're gonna go to backyard show. Don't. I would recommend. Don't. Um, do anything stupid, basically. Well, in general, in life, you don't do anything. Stupid. But, but particularly at backyard shows, because yeah. many times they end up getting raided by the cops, and you don't want to get arrested. Well, we it got it got raided, but that was like well after we left. But it did get raided that day. But, and so then if you're that, gonna play a backyard show, play early. Yeah, I think we were the first band. Uh, that was, uh, but uh, performance-wise, that wasn't a very good show because we hadn't been practicing that much, um, or we weren't able to. And also, we didn't have a mic stand, and our friend was in the audience, so he held the mic for me. He was a human. <laughs> nice. That was. Oh man, that's great. Yeah. Uh, it was fun though. It was fun, even though we didn't play well. I mean, playing a live show can be fun, even if you don't play well. But when you do play well, oh, there is nothing that compares. There's nothing at all. It's just the best thing. Like, you know, there are those shows where like everything just goes well. The audience is just, you know, you've connected with the audience completely, and you've perf- you've played every note right. Everything just went together well. You know, those are always the best shows. That's that's one of the best feelings as a musician. I think you could possibly feel that, or when you hear, or when you hear people that enjoy your music. But yeah, it's just I want to perform live more. I haven't done that in a long time, in like over a year now. Actually, yeah, it's been about a year since that last show. But yeah, um, have you ever done anything like? performing in front of people like well, I, I don't know with um as your electronic music but as any sort of thing any other project a long time ago and it wasn't ever any big group of people it'd be uh, a somewhat sm- sizable group of like um our friends and stuff so never any like actual gigs but we played um uh at people's houses a couple times uh, we were going to do a backyard show, and then we got booted out of there, so we went and played in a friend's barn. So a barn show is kind of interesting. Huh. Um, but that was, yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, Lou was in that band with me, actually. But yeah, so it's been a long time, and it was, like I said, very small group, and... Um, but yeah, yeah, we played, uh, I, I did a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I'd say uh, performing live. Like, I know electronic artists do uh, perform live. I'd say if you can, somehow try. And I, I remember uh, Drazen says that he, I think he said his New Year's resolution was to perform Ezra Yates' music at least once this year. That'd and, be awesome. Yeah, oh, really I would. interesting. Man, sometimes I think it's like, it's like, I want to meet that dude, you know? It's like, I've done yeah. all this music, and it's like, I've never met him. It's like, especially, like, if 
either to see him perform as Ezra Yates or to have us perform as Rakan Chevalon or to perform uh, Withering Away at some point. You know, that that's like a goal for me. Yeah, that'd be super cool. And he seems like a really personable guy, you know. Uh, I think there's a reason we talk about him so much because, for one, mm-hmm. he's a smart dude. And, but he's super nice. He's a super nice guy to talk to, um, on the show the very few times, one or two times that he's been on the show. And then online, he's always super cool to talk to. And he's got like a good, a good view of me, of, of music. And I like his, I like where he comes from when it comes to like what he puts behind the music. Oh, absolutely. He is just, he's the best, man. He's just, He's just a really good dude. Um, he's the best. Yeah. He's, well. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah. Well, now oh, I, I know what you mean. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, uh, no, uh, man, he is, he is the best as an expression. He's the best. Yeah, he's um, like, like I, well, yeah, I can't quantify how good someone is. <laughs> oh, God, now it's like, <laughs> now it's like, now it's weird. <laughs> now it's weird. It wouldn't oh, yeah. be a proper EMG radio episode without some weird talk relating to Drazen. It seems oh, to be a theme. <laughs> <laughs> now he's not uh, going to want to do the next Dark on Chillon album. Nah, he'll be into it. He'll be into it. We'll make him. <sighs> he'll show up at his house and be like, it's time to record some music, Drazen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, the show always ends in one way or another related to Ezra Yates. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think we should wrap it up. This is, I'm not sure when we started, but it's approaching a uh, three, two, three hour show, two hour show. But yeah, man, I appreciate you, uh, you chatting with me tonight. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. 2014 was badly in need of an EMG radio that didn't just have my voice on it. And, and dude, you always have a ton of interesting shit to say about, about music. So, anytime. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, thanks, man. Everybody out there, thank you for listening. And, uh, I'll try not to wait too long before the next episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening to EMG Radio. EMG Radio is an electronic media collective production for the Electronic Musicians Group. It is a license of Experience Comics and Attribution, not commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 on ported license. All music contained within the EMG Radio podcast is property of the respective owners, subject to the respective copyrights and their licensing, and used here with permission. For more EMG Radio, visit EMGRadio.com and check out more Electronic Musicians Group. Go to Facebook.com slash Electronic Musicians Group or hit us up on Twitter at Twitter.com slash EMG walls yeah <laughs> uh, let's see um so what else is new um okay so hold on oh wait hold on a second alright going a little rough live shows I always seem to hit a brick wall on these things the last few episodes that I recorded alone, um, pretty much 
would... I recorded them and edited them at the same time, so I'd pretty much just rail out a bunch and then stop and be like, all right, this is good, this is good, okay, stop here, and then continue on. Um, so it kind of feels like I might be going at a constant pace. That is totally manufactured, and if you've heard many of these live shows, um, you know it's quite common for me to hit a wall because I'm not a trained professional, but this is all, it's all good. It's all good. I'm back. Once again. Oh, he's back. Yeah. What's up? Oh, yeah. I rambled off some nonsense. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I forgot to tell people that I'm going to be doing this, so I had to tell them to keep the noise a minimum. It's like I'm being interviewed on the internet, and it's kind of like a radio thing. But but they're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it's like it's kind of weird explaining the, pod- the concept of a podcast. Yeah, that's, that, that kind of ties into what I was talking about earlier, is, like, st- people yeah. still don't quite really get it. Um, but, yeah. Radio. Internet. Free. 